Hello, White Sox fans. It is Crystal O'Keefe with episode seven now of Visiting Dugout brought to you by Southside Sox. Today on the show, I have Elizabeth Strom from D Rays Bay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Please feel free to introduce yourself. So yeah, my name's Elizabeth Strom. I have been a Rays fan since I moved here in 2006. Um, and I mostly edit, but also write for D Rays Bay. Thank you. So as of this recording, I think we all know that the Rays are first in the American League East. Um, but I mean, where do you see the Rays kind of sitting kind of mid-season and then closer to, you know, September? Well, I mean, obviously, I hope that um, when they were 13-0, and 0, we joked about how they'll be 162-0. and 0. Um, <laughs> So that's no longer a possibility. They have lost three games. Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of strengths to the team, but it's very hard to project from less than a month of baseball to what things are going to look like midseason. So I hope that their team is strong enough um, so that they're always going to be in contention, if not for the division, at least for a wild card. It would be deeply disappointing after the start for them not to be in contention. Um, uh, but no, I don't think they're going to be playing. I forget what the percentage of wins is right now, like 700 ball all year long. Man. Yeah, I was I was just looking at um, one of your more recent articles and you were talking about how they, you know, 16 and three and have a plus 83 run differential alone. And that is something I never see the White Sox getting any time in the near future, let alone this this season. Yeah, I guess your your offense has been a little slow to, to realize the season has started. Um, but I have to say the Rays are generally not known for their offense. They had a great offensive team in 2021. But we're usually, you know, just sort of barely above the break-even point for run differential. So this is kind of a, a refreshing start for our team. Yeah, although to be fair, we are missing a lot of our best players. Tamanda sure. Chin is out. Yoan Moncada, I think, is still kind of more day-to-day. Um, so, you know, we, we've got, we've got some injuries so close into the season. Sure. So do you, do you think that the White Sox will be contenders this, this year? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I talked to somebody actually the very first one of these I did obviously against the Astros. He said, oh, I can see them winning your division. And I just kind of laughed and I was like, really <laughs> coming from you? Like that means a lot, but yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. it's, it's always kind of a race with, you know, White Sox, Twins, Guardians, and it's kind of who's going to finish in the top three. Because obviously, like, the Royals and the Tigers never really go anywhere anymore. So It's true. No, I have to say, so the, the Royals' new manager is um, – um, we, I mean, his nickname is Q. So I his um, Matt uh, Quatero, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was the Rays bench coach for several years. And so now that he's managing the Royals, I sort of want him to have, I mean, maybe <laughs> sniff at 500. Like he, he seems like a really nice guy. And I certainly don't want him to uh, seem like a failure because the Royals aren't doing so well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have no ill will against the Royals, which I should <laughs> being a White Sox fan, but they're fine. And, you know, maybe they can get to 500. Right now, their White Sox are five under 500. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Great. Um, so, serious question. Did the Rays steal their devil magic from the Cardinals? <laughs> no, I think we have our own magic. That's definitely homegrown. <laughs> was it the devil Rays jersey? Was that was like put a, put a spark in the plug or something? What? 
Um, well, I mean, the, the story, you know, of course, the Rays gave up the devil and their official name just before the 2008 season. And so we've always thought it was a true exorcism of the devil Rays. Um, and for the longest time, the team ownership didn't really have much in the way of throwbacks because the whole devil Rays brand was so so negative. Um, but in the past, I'd say eight to 10 years, they've begun bringing it back more. And we have these sort of retro uniforms and everything. So it's sort of fun. We don't think the devil will hurt us anymore. <laughs> I love those uniforms. I actually have a devil ray shirt with all those colors because I just They're love them together. It really pops. So, mm -hmm. uh, and also in that same vein, is Kevin Cash the best manager in baseball right now? Of course. Of course. I'm, I really like Kevin Cash. I mean, I don't know how one really evaluates managers, right? We're always kind of looking at when when loss records or we're looking at like what's the team's potential and do they um, sort of over overplay that potential. Um, but I think Cash just seems also like a very level-headed guy. You know, we had Joe Madden as the manager here for many years and I really like Joe and he changed the whole culture, but he was definitely gave off the, I'm the smartest guy in the room vibes. Um, and Kevin Cash, he just seems like he's happy to kind of, you know, sink into the wallpaper. But at the same time, he's obviously a really smart person who has an excellent rapport with the with the team. You know, he's not the sort of manager where like so and so can't play for the Rays because he's going to clash with with the manager. He's just not like that. So I really enjoy his personality and his approach to the game. Yeah, Joe Madden gets one World Series with the Cubs under his belt and thinks he's the best clearly yes yes well i think he went to chicago already thinking he was the best he didn't win a world series with the rays but he definitely he thought he was all that yeah <laughs> never fun um so again how how do you feel just going into the series obviously the rays are really hot right now the white Sox are not um so you feel like this could just be an easy sweep for you guys again I mean, you've got some good starting pitches, pitchers, so I don't think it's an easy sweep. Um, and also, you know, the Rays also have sustained some injuries. So we are our starting center fielder is out. And he won't be back this series. Um, I think most significantly, the Rays are down three of their five starting pitchers, which is a hard thing to take, even if you have depth. No one has that much depth. Mm -hmm. So one... Um, uh, Zach Eflin should be back Sunday, but you know he hasn't pitched for a while, so I don't know what that will be like. Uh, tomorrow's game, you're getting sort of bullpen day, um, okay. and so um, so I think you know that that could definitely be a, a bit of a toss up. Um, so I first of all, I just never feel confident. So that's just you know even the day before the team clinches, I'm still sure they're not going to clinch. So I would never <laughs> be confident, but I would not expect a sweep. I think that you know the Rays have holes, the White Sox have some strengths, and so I think this will be a good series yeah I know you start with Michael Kopech who can be hit or miss he's very good but he also is very injury prone so mm -hmm. that could also be a bullpen day for us but you also <laughs> get Dylan Cease in this yes. series who is the ace of the White Sox and so tough to even battle against Yes, I'm glad. So I have tickets for the Sunday game, and I'm really glad I have the Sunday game and not the Saturday game. <laughs> That's fair, because, yeah, Dylan Dylan is great. I've uh -huh. seen 
so much progression with him. And now Saturday, um, we have Shane McClanahan pitching, and he also is pretty tough. Now, you know, he had at the beginning of last year, he had one of those runs where you're like, no one can possibly hit him. And so mm-hmm. this year, he's been very good. He hasn't been that, uh, but he's been very good. And what I've enjoyed watching with him, and he's still relatively young, um, is that, you know, he even when he doesn't come out and dominate, he still seems to find a way to get people out. And so that's ob- obviously a sign of maturing when a pitcher can say, well, you know, my pitches aren't working ideally the way I'd like them to, but I still can figure out a way to make this work. Yeah. I have coverage that day. So I'm kind of honestly looking forward to a pitcher's duel because I am a big pitcher's girl and people, you know, you love them or you hate them. I absolutely love them. They aren't boring to me for some reason, but I just, I love, you know, the mechanics behind pitching and seeing it happen. So I'm, I'm totally with you. Give, give me a one nothing game with no walks yes. and, and I'm in heaven. So so maybe we'll get that. Although I feel like whenever something is um, kind of like championed as this is going to be the big pitcher's duel, then it's like there's 10 runs in the first inning. So we just can never expect it to go exactly according to plan. Right. All right. We will take a very quick break to pay some bills and be right back. And we are back. I, again, am Crystal O'Keefe, and I'm here to talk with Elizabeth about all things Rays. So we've kind of teased around this, but what are your keys for the Rays to really take this series? Obviously, Shane doing a great job against Dylan is a, is a big one, but what else do you kind of predict or need to see from the Rays? Well, I think um, it, the Rays hitting has just, with the exception of one or two games, has been just phenomenal. Um, but it's usually, you know, there are some players who have been really hot all season, but there's also been the sort of switching around. You see that someone has a cold streak, so someone else has a hot streak. So for me, the key for the Rays on the hitting side is the sort of next guy steps up needs to continue because you're not going to get everybody hot at the same time. Um, and so, you know, Yandy Diaz has been, you know, really great so far this year. I mean, Yandy's always been this big mystery. I, you probably know what he looks like. He's got biceps <laughs> like the size of my entire torso. Um, and so you look at him and you think, wow, power hitter. And he's not. He takes a lot of walks and he hits balls into the ground. And so sometimes they go for singles. But this year he's been doing what we've always hoped he would do, which is to elevate the ball more. So he's got, I think, like six home runs, um, you know, a bunch of doubles, in addition to having the great plate discipline we're used to seeing. So he's been great. He often, uh, he'll lead off against left-handed pitching. So, you know, he for him to continue to shine um, and then for the supporting cast to uh, you know, take their turns of uh, having good nights for different players. This last series, Taylor Walls, who's kind of an afterthought on our team, he's a shortstop, second, third baseman, um, sort of a bit of a utility guy, but never a strong hitter. And he, I mean, he, we thought he was going to hit for the cycle in our last game, but instead of getting that last double, he got a, another home run. So that was really quite a game for him, not expected. So that's you know the case with a lot of teams that you just don't know who's going to step up. So the Rays need to continue to make sure that, that the guys are continuing to sort of um, you know take their turn being the hot bat. Mm-hmm. So in that in that same vein, who do you think is you know, the biggest threat on your team right now against the White Sox. I know we don't have a lot of lefties on the team. Right. So that kind of rules out Andy at least, but. Uh-huh. Um, so who, you mean, who do you, who I think will be the biggest threat against 
uh, right-handed pitching on the or White Sox? The White Sox in general, but you are going to face a ton of right-handed pitching. Right. So then our our good lefties. Um, so Brandon Lau, um, he's started a little bit slower than some of the other guys, but he's always a power threat. Then we have to to confuse everyone. Um, we have Josh Lowe, whose name is spelled exactly the same as Brandon Lau's, <laughs> but pronounced differently. So Josh Lowe was a first-round draft pick some years ago. Um, you know, had several cups of coffee last year. It didn't work out that well. And this year he's come up and he's like a different guy. I mean, he's got a lot more confidence at the plate. He's hit a few home runs. He's a great base runner. And so with all the new rules, if he gets onto base, he's a great threat to steal, you know, go first to third on the single. So I think those lefties will be important. The other thing is that the Rays have a bunch of switch hitters. So I remember somebody commenting that, you know, I think when we were playing the Red Sox and the a Red Sox commentator was saying one day they had all lefties in the lineup and one day they had all righties. So how can that be? How many players do they have? And the answer is that I think three of our uh, regular players are switch hitters so that they mm -hmm. can turn around depending on who they're facing. Yeah, we just have the one really good, and that's, you know, in Yohan Moncada, but uh -huh. he's, he's questionable for this series. Still. And so what's, what's his injury and how long will he be out? They've, I think they've really just ruled it day to day, and it's just kind of back pain, mm -hmm. which I get, you know, I've got back pain too. Yeah, and back yeah. to the worst. It's like you use it for everything. <laughs> you really do. Uh -huh. um, I'm hoping he comes back because he did. He started off really hot this year. Right. Like I picked him as kind of my player to bounce back because he'd been having a rough time. And there's a joke about odd year Moncada where he's just phenomenal in these odd years. So right. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is the time to shine and I can take all the glory at Southside Sox of uh -huh. selecting the correct player this year. Uh huh. So I hope he's back soon. Um, yes. And you mentioned you mentioned the new rules. I've been asking everybody, how do you feel about these new rules? Are you like um, in favor of them? So I had no idea that I would fall in love with the pitch clock. I mean, it has just, you know, and it's not like I, I've heard people say, well, you're not a real baseball fan, but I mean, I am a real baseball fan, but I don't need to see a guy adjust his batting gloves for 15 <laughs> minutes every at bat. Um, and so I feel like what they're cutting down is, is the dead time. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I've seen maybe, you know, watching the Rays, maybe I've seen one violation. I mean, I just have, I thought that it would be uh, very disruptive the first few weeks. And um, I don't know what you've seen, but I have not seen a lot of disruption. The guys coming up from AAA are used to this. Mm -hmm. And the other guys seem to have caught on. I thought there'd be lots of whining. There's no whining. And, uh, you know, you see a game that's all action and then in two and a half hours, you're done. Yeah. I watch a lot of minor league baseball, so I was already used to it at least, and I I personally love it. Not that I don't love sitting at a baseball park for three hours, like, stuffing my face with delicious, <laughs> like, food and hanging out with my friends, but it is nice when you are playing, you know, West Coast team, and it's midnight, and you need to finish an article, and you just want to go to bed, so I appreciate that what it is and again I, I, I never I, noticed it I, I wouldn't have thought I would feel this way, but I, I definitely agree. Um, and also what's funny is that it leaves me wanting more baseball. I mean, it used to be that you'd have a game that just really dragged. And by the end, you're like, oh, God, you know, I have to recap this game. But so I really wish I could turn it off. And now the game's over. I'm like, wait a second. I just got into this. Um, and so but in a way, that's a good thing because I'm really looking forward to the next game the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that happen the other night. It was a day game and I was 
done with everything by I think 4 30 in the uh-huh. afternoon and I was like well I've got a whole night ahead of me now where I thought this would be over at like six so it is pleasant for yes the, it is it is now as far as the um you know the bases the, the larger size bases I can't say I I've noticed I mean people are stealing a lot more but it's hard mm-hmm. to know is it the bases is it the you know pitcher can't throw over that often so I don't know how to untangle those but I'm also as much as I'm a uh a good pitching girl. I'm also a base runner girl. So I really like action on the bases. My favorite plays are like triples. And so I enjoy seeing more, more base dealing. Yeah, for sure. I know Tim Anderson has always been incredible at stealing bases. So once he's back, I'm hoping it'll happen more, but even the guys that you you don't normally think are going to steal a base have been doing that this season. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there have been less hamstring injuries as well, which uh-huh. was always kind of a thing running to first base was right, right. immediate hamstring. But That's a good point. I also personally love that they banned the shift because it helps slow guys like Yasmani Grandal <laughs> actually make it somewhere. I, I have mixed feelings about that because I like the idea of the shift being part of, you know, sort of smart strategy. I mean, it's like, why wouldn't you position your fielders where they're going to hit the ball? But, you know, I think as long as it's a level playing field that we're all playing by the same rules, you still, people still shift their outfielders. And also once the ball is, I guess, out of the pitcher's hand, I don't know what the rule is when you can move, but mm-hmm. once the ball's out of the pitcher's hand, then then the second baseman can move over. So there's still some ability to position yourself according to where you think the ball is going to be hit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, but we can talk now more general baseball, which I always love to hear people's thoughts, you know, like who, who do you have meeting at the World Series or who do you think are like our, our sleeper agents or underdogs? Just how do you feel about this season as a whole based on the very small sample size that we've been able to see for this first um, month? So like, I'll, I'll um, admit with some uh, embarrassment that I am not really good at having a good overview of baseball because I just sort of focus on the Rays and who they're playing. And so they'll, you know, like, I don't know what the Mariners are doing and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's hard for me to speak more generally. You know, I know the AL East is always tough and it continues to be tough. I think in our division, you know, the Yankees are really good. Toronto's really good. Um, the Red Sox have done us a huge favor by having an inexplicable offseason. I don't know what they think they're doing but thank goodness you need to have a team that's going to lose now and then I mean the Orioles are above 500 so you know the one thing I I would say is that the AL East continues to be a really tough division and I think with now with more balanced schedules then it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because you know it used to be that the stronger divisions all beat up each other so that they didn't have these enormous win-loss records because they were playing other teams in their own division and so now I wonder what that will look like with um, a more balanced uh, season uh, to see whether you have much bigger discrepancies in win-loss records. Right. Yeah, I agree. I I love this balanced season too because I'm able to see all of these teams that I don't I don't ever really get to see. You know, it's pretty rare that the Mets are in town for me to go watch, and that's mm-hmm. that's my you know National League team. So I just love that it's expanding, and I think it's growing the game of baseball in general with more people coming to town because, you know, some people just want to see Otani. Right, right. I, I agree with you. And, and Right. And why shouldn't they? I mean, why should there be entire swaths of the baseball world that never get to see him play? Yeah. I sat in the rain on a very cold spring night 
just to see Otani and Trout ah. completely <laughs> slaughter the White Sox. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I mean, it was a miserable night, but I was like, I finally got to see Otani in person. And that was all I really needed. So yes, that's, that's good. I'm glad you got that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm trying to also just work my way around the ballpark. So I, thankfully I'm like able to, to get out and see more. Like I'll, I'll be in New York this July for some games. Um, so I can, again, see more people. I haven't seen Aaron Judge in years. So it'll be fun. But And it's also fun to see other ballparks. I really, whenever mm-hmm. I go travel someplace, I try to make sure I can see a game. Um, and so uh, I... Uh, I, I've really enjoyed doing that. I haven't been to Chicago. Um, I think right now my favorite park I've visited is PNC Park in Pittsburgh. It's a really mm-hmm. nice one. That's that is my absolute favorite park. We are going there um, in June uh, when the Mets are in Pittsburgh too. My uh-huh. my spouse has never been to PNC, and I was like, you have to go. It is the best park, hands down. Don't listen to what anybody else says. <laughs> it's incredible. The view is just the most gorgeous view you're ever going to see. The food is delicious. It is. And Andrew McCutcheon will be there again. So and he, He's wonderful. I, I, I do also love it. So yeah, I, um, I would definitely go back there, but I, um, I definitely have to make a trip to Chicago because there's, you know, see a couple of games for um, of both teams. So mm-hmm. I can yeah. check those out. Unfortunately, you have to go see Wrigley because it's not really a Chicago trip without going there. As much yeah. as I loathe that <laughs> team. Uh, so is, is there really intense rivalry between White Sox fans and Cubs fans? Honestly, no, not really. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, you know, the the White Sox are more, you know, just the rivalries within their division. And really, that's like the twins. Right. That's kind of the biggest one. There's usually not really a lot of inner fighting because they do have like the crosstown series every year where you know they switch off in ballparks and it's usually civil I will say that Mm -hmm. um White Sox fans are nice when Cubs fans are there as long as they are you know they stay in their lane right (laughs) and I've never had an issue at Wrigley so you know it's it's not too bad our problem at our tra- problem with Tropicana Field, but supposedly our rivals are the Marlins, but there's no rivalry, um, is that we have a lot of um, transplants from New York and Boston, and they show mm-hmm. up for the Yankees and Red Sox games. And so then it, it can get pretty tense because um, it's sort of like, hey, wait, this is our park. You know, you're acting like you own the place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, those two fan bases are for sure always acting like they own it. But it, I mean, I've been to Fenway, so I get it. Uh-huh. It's almost like a cult there at it Fenway. Is. Yeah, And then, you know, I'll see what the Yankees fans are like in that park, too. But it's fun. I mean, it's the love of baseball. I get it. Right, right. It brings us all together. It does. All right. So um, where can we find you? Again, we know you are doing some work for D-Rays Bay. Yeah. So the website is www.draysbay.com. Um, and so, yeah, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Twitter. No longer verified, but we are really, <laughs> we are the real thing. <laughs> I lost my verification today. I'm a little yes. bit. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming on. Best of luck in the series. I will be rooting for you from afar, you know, when you don't play my team. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was a a pleasure. Yeah. Looking forward to a great series. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.